Evolution claims to be proven science. Is that really true? If so, does that mean the Bible is wrong about the origin of the universe and mankind? Should Christians just throw in the towel and admit that Genesis 1 doesn't mean what it says? Stay tuned for an interview with one of Christendom's most effective speakers in behalf of creationism. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Once again this week, my co-host Nathan Jones and I have Russ Miller as our special guest. Russ is the founder of a creation science ministry located in Arizona. Russ and I have ministered together a number of times at Stealing the Mind conferences, and after hearing him speak several times, I came to the conclusion that he is one of the most effective speakers in behalf of creation on the scene today. Russ, welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Thank you, sir. Yes, Great sir. to be here. Nathan, good to And Nathan, good to be here. Uh, before I ask him his first question, let me just ask you one. Okay. How about viewers who missed last week's program? How could they find that program? I'm so sorry if you missed it, folks, but you can catch up on it on our website at ChristinProphecy.org, our YouTube channel, his channel. We have quite a number of online networks. You can watch Christ in Prophecy 24-7. And you just watch it on demand. On demand. Okay. ChristinProphecy.org. All right. Well, Russ, last week you provided us with your background, and so we're not going to go into that this week. But I do want to jump into some questions real fast. And the first one is this. Is it true that the fossil record proves the theory of evolution. I've heard this over and over and over. Mm -hmm. it, it's part of their propaganda. They throw it out all the time. But the truth of the matter is, from a real scientific standpoint, the fossil record is a total embarrassment to the religious philosophy of Darwinian evolutionism. Um, they say, the, and Darwin thought the fossil record would eventually prove his yes, theory. Yes, he said that point blank. And he, just before his death, he, he realized that it didn't at that time, but he thought eventually they'd find the proof. Here we are 155 years later, they're still looking for that missing link, and they don't need a missing link. They meet, need millions and millions of missing links. So, no, the, the fossil record is an embarrassment to Darwinism, and it does not show an evolutionary uh, path leading to uh, modern humans. As a matter of fact, they've tried real hard over the years to create the missing oh, link. Yeah. Yes. Like Lucy? And I mean, really, one, one after another after another right. of just frauds. Out and out frauds. And in fact, all of their, let's, let's just say with their ape men. Uh, if you ask a Darwinist, why are there apes and why are there humans if we evolve? Yeah, where's the middle creature? Yeah, where's the middle creature? They're going to say, well, we didn't evolve directly from an ape. There was a common ancestor. <laughs> apes went this way and humans went that way. And then they spent all their time trying to find skeletons that prove we did come from apes. It, it really is, they're talking out of both sides of their mouths. But all of their supposed ape men, let's just look at ape men, because uh, we can start from the fossil, you know, uh, single cell creatures and go forward. They don't have missing links. But they've all been proven to be either frauds, 100% apes, or 100% humans. Well, I, over the years I've just concluded that evolutionists try to prove everything they believe through imaginative drawings. Yes. Yes. Imaginative, I mean, they can take one tooth they found and draw an entire human being who looks like, uh, you know, an ape or whatever, Dave, from a from a tooth. The, the, there's an old saying that goes like this: 
And if you look in a biology book, you'll see this to be true. Their proofs are almost always drawings. And the old saying is this, Darwinists are experts at drawing things that never existed to support their theory that what? never took place. <laughs> yeah. I always tell people, if you take away their box of crayons, they're left with nothing. Well, Russ, what do you do when, when you see, if every layer as you go down, the creatures are supposed to go down and down the evolutionary tree, but why do we find more modern creatures below more ancient creatures? They do find them mixed up. Now, overall, there is somewhat of a, st a standard order, but it, it's mixed up. Okay. And it, it's the type of order you'd expect with the lower uh, single-cell creatures going into the marine creatures, going into, let's say, the amphibians and, and into the mammals. But that's just because that's, that's how the flood laid things down. And animals could move higher and higher if they were mobile to do so. But overall, they've got layers that are in the wrong position. They're missing, even at Grand Canyon, where I lead tours to, and just the 10 primary layers at the canyon, between that top layer and the bottom, they're missing 1.5 billion years, not wow. million, billion years of their supposed layers that are not there. Uh, one of the, the large ones there where the creation rock lays, uh, or the first of the flood layers lay right on top of the creation rock, we discussed this in the last program, they're missing 1.2 billion years of layers that are supposed to be in there. They say there must have been some kind of a big erosional event, but not <laughs> yeah, a global uh -huh. flood. No, no. No. Well, you were going to ask something about DNA. What was it? Yeah, well, we got to talk a little about this last week. I'm fascinated by it because when I started my career, I was a web developer, and when we programmed, if you even got the slightest punctuation mm -hmm. mark, a comma or whatnot mm -hmm. wrong, the whole program would stop. And now we're finding out that DNA is the ultimate in programming for the human body and for every oh, yes. cell. Even Bill Gates was amazed by it. Yeah, even <laughs> yeah way and beyond anything humans have ever come yeah. up with. And wouldn't you think then that DNA would prove that there is an intelligent creator? How do they deal with it? Well, they, they basically try to ignore the obvious fact, and they, okay. they try to claim that mutations over, of course, the magic ingredient millions of years of time, mutations got all this information together. Now, now I'm, I'm a father and a grandfather, and I don't mm -hmm. know of any father or grandfather that's ever been uh, praying that their, their newborn child or grandchild would have mutations. Mutations yeah. do not make things better. Mutations are, it's called neo-Darwinism, it's what's taught today. But uh, neo-Darwinism teaches that mutations add new and beneficial genetic information. Mutations corrupt and lose functional genetic information. Now, just for the folks listening, if you say they can't come up with new information, you would lose the debate. If you say they can't come up with new and beneficial genetic information, you'll win the debate. Just, just as a very simple okay. uh, example, let's just say the genetic information to form a cat's leg were actually spelled L-E-G for leg. Okay, uh, a mutation might, might uh, sort that and it might come out instead of LEG, might change it to LGE. Now that's a total loss of functional information. It could cause the death of the cat, but technically it's new information. So you can't say they don't come up with new information, <laughs> but they don't come up with new and beneficial genetic information. Yeah, the, the DNA uh, should have brought any talk of Darwinism to a screeching halt. What we find changes uh, and this is called microevolution. Darwinian would be macro change. B micro is biblically correct. It, it's just adaptations. So Differentiation. Say, a bird's beak will have different shapes within the same which kind. Which is what Darwin noticed. Okay. And which was 100% biblically accurate, but he jumped to the erroneous conclusion that somehow that proved that 
birds have become non-birds. What he mm. didn't know at that time, we didn't know about genetics, is the changes in those bird beaks were caused by the sorting or the loss of the information, the genetic information they already had. It's called gene depletion. Gene pools get weaker and weaker through mutations. In fact, it's what breeders use. Breeders use gene depletion all the time. Uh, if they're going to breed for a purebred uh, dog, for instance, of one sort, they breed d dogs with traits and the puppies they keep breeding together with the traits they like. They're not breeding in information, they're breeding out information. They're losing genetic depletion. And until you get a, a purebred, like a yellow lab, which only has genetic information. Uh, well, Russia, you know, it, it seems to me like that the, the god of evolutionists is time. They just believe if oh, you've yeah. got enough time, yes, exactly. uh, give those monkeys a thousand <laughs> typewriters, and if you give them two billion years, they will type out Shakespeare's plays. <laughs> well, that's what they try to believe. That's what they do believe, as a matter of fact. And unfortunately, they teach it to unsuspecting children. But that is their magic ingredient, Dave. Every time you, you, they get nailed into a corner on, on the actual science, which is on our side, it's just... But millions of years of time, it's their abracadabra. It's their magic. Well, you know, they, they teach that schools cannot teach creationism because it is religion, evolution is science. What yes. about that? Well, I evolution used to, science? Uh, when I'd speak at college campuses, the professors used to really help me out by giving the kids extra credit to come there and harass me and attack me. <laughs> <laughs> and it would fill up the auditorium and I'd do our science mm -hmm. and Darwinism and just slaughter Darwinism. And uh, so the professors, they don't give extra credit anymore. No more. <laughs> but but it, was, it was very odd, Dave. I'd walk up to the podium, the auditorium would just be full of hundreds of students, and they'd just be cross-armed glaring at me with hatred. Uh, and, you picked up on the body language immediately. And, and it was just, I'd, I'd always think, this is really strange because all I'm going to do is give them an option to look at. Why would that make them so mad? Well, it's because they're, what they're being taught. But God showed this to me one night. I walked up to the podium. And everyone was just glaring at me with just daggers in their eyes. And, and, and I just asked them, hey, before I start, I want to ask you all some questions. Uh, first of all, how many of you have been taught that creation is a religious belief? Oh, man, they raised their hands. And they aren't going to let me push uh, religion on their campus, boy. And then I said, well, okay, uh, it is. It's a belief about how we came about. Hey, let me ask you another question. How many of you have been taught that Darwinian evolution is science? Oh, man, they raised their hand. They're not going to let me attack science, boy. And then I would just kind of get a confused look on my face and I would say, well, now I'm kind of confused. When I asked you about creation, you said it was a belief. And when I asked you about evolution, you said it was science. But aren't creation and evolution exactly the same thing? Aren't they both beliefs on how we came about? Yes. They are both beliefs. And all of a sudden those crossed arms and glares would melt and it'd be like, uh, uh, hey, they are both beliefs on how we came about. How come we're being taught this one in science? Because secular atheists own the system and they are teaching you their religious belief in the place of science and, and misleading all of you. And that would just open up their eyes and then I could just slaughter Darwinism for them. You're speaking of these college campuses, do you ever get involved in debates with professors? You know, I, I, um, I don't speak often on college campuses anymore. Uh, it's kind of a long story, but it's difficult to do that today. Cause yeah, oh, yeah. You, oh you, yeah. Safe spaces. Yeah, safe spaces and all. And... Um, 
Also, I won't get into the reasons without clearing it with you first, but I, I, I don't do that anymore. But they, they generally will not debate. Um, they used to debate back in the 90s into the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. All they, the Kent Hovind debates. They, they lost they? all the debates, and they finally figured out, yeah. why should we go out and debate? And I think they the lost system? the debates because they considered you to be Neanderthals and didn't know anything about science, and they just went in unprepared and got yeah. slaughtered. Absolutely. I saw this time after time. Absolutely. And they finally figured out, we own the whole system. We can shut the door and teach the kids whatever we want to teach. <laughs> Why in the world are we letting these creationists yeah, come in here and slaughter us? Yes. So they finally figured out we don't debate anymore. So they don't debate anymore and uh, uh, they don't give extra credit for the kids to come and see my science versus Darwinism anymore. <laughs>
if there was argon in the rock when it formed, it's going to date millions or billions of years older than they're giving the age. If it was ever contaminated with argon, which is a gas that can go from one rock to the next very easily, uh, pressure, heat, an earthquake, a global flood would have all caused contamination. And I've read too that they'll take multiple datings and then pick the oldest one that fits their preconception. Well, they do, and it has to be a date, though, Nathan, that matches the man-made geologic yep. column. That's okay. where the Old Earth beliefs come up. Radiometric dating techniques have to match that man-made column. It was invented about 210 years ago. That's really where the dates come from, not from radioisotope dating. They'll date something over and over and get a date that matches a column, and that's what they consider and publish as a good date. I think another thing wow. we need to mention there is the fact that uh, when a man sinned, God put a curse upon this earth, and that curse has also had an impact on the earth. Mm -hmm. uh, all of all of the earth is affected by man's sin, and that also gives more appearance of age because mm -hmm. of the impact of sin. We the world we live in today, and we need to understand this is the post-curse, yeah. post-flood, yeah. literal junkyard of the creation. And, and going back to that geologic column. Based on the belief there was never a global flood. If there was a flood, it shows how those layers form quickly. And that's where the radioisotope dating methods come from, is from that column. If there was a global flood, it wipes out every old earth belief. And the age of the earth in and of itself isn't the key issue right here. Christians need to understand the old earth beliefs put death before Adam. Yes. The gospel message is Adam's sin corrupted a perfect creation, allowing death to enter separating us from God, requiring our redemption through Jesus Christ. Old earth beliefs put death before Adam. If, if the first Adam, sin, didn't bring in death, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive, putting death before Adam corrupts that entire foundation. If there was, and now they're teaching there's not a, a literal Adam, Oh yes. Oh yes. And that's because of old earth beliefs that put death before that Adam. That was even featured on the cover of Christianity Today. A mm -hmm. uh, guy looked like halfway between human and, and uh, uh, ape mm -hmm. saying was, and the title of the article was, was uh, Adam really a human being or is just a mythical, mythological creature? Wow. Mm. I didn't read the article, but on I would the cover have... of Christianity Today. Well, you know, Christianity Today came out about, uh, I think it was about 10 years ago and, and were uh, urging Christians to uh, support uh, 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 intelligent design yes. and evolution and attack biblical yes. creationists. So it well, uh, let me you. let me ask you about another question, and that is that we, we get this all the time, and I don't know if you can answer this without getting highly scientific. We don't want that to happen, but here's the question: Evolutionists say that, that they can prove beyond a doubt that evolution is true because of starlight. It took hundreds mm -hmm. of millions of years for the starlight to reach mm -hmm. to the Earth. That's a great question because uh, the Bible actually foretold that would be one of the two key questions in the last days. And the Bible's okay. a fantastic yeah, Amazing, Bible. isn't it? Yeah. It really is. Okay, yeah. tell us about it. Well, so in 2 Peter 3, 3 through 6 in the New Testament, we're told that in the last days, uh, scoffers will come along saying, basically, I'm going to paraphrase here, where is the return of Jesus? That's right. For as the founding fathers passed away, all things continue as they were from the beginning. Now, that's, a, that's called uniformitarianism yes. today, or just uniformity. Everything's always been the same. Everything's been the same. Erosion rates have always been the same. The speed of light has always been the same. And because things have always been the same, they measure those rates today and based on uniformity. 
these scoffers are going to be willingly ignorant of two things, that the heavens were made of old, God made the heavens mature, they're going to be willingly ignorant of that, and that the, by the Word of God, the world that was being overflowed with water perished. They're going to deny the flood, and they're going to deny that God could get light here when He says He did. It's all based on uniformity. So we see light traveling at was it 282,000 miles per second through our, our system now? And based on it always being the same, stars are a long ways out there. They say it took millions of years. But 10 times in the, in the Bible, we're told God made the heavens mature. He stretched, stretched them, them out. He yeah. stretched them out. I keep running across that, how He stretched it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, He stretched them out. He made them mature. In fact, uh, when Genesis is talking about the fourth day and God made the, the sun and the moon and the stars as well, He made the stars to be seen for signs of seasons, days, yes, and yes. years. Notice that the writer of Genesis knows the difference between a day and a year. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the Bible said this is what they would do. It's what they're doing, and all it does is show God's Word is true, word for word, wow. cover to cover. Well, Nathan, bring up about uh, Richard Dawkins. That's oh, okay. fascinating to me. While we were talking about this, I love this movie uh, called Expelled. I'm sure mm -hmm. you've seen it with Ben Stein, the comedian. Yes. <laughs> and no, he's not a Christian. He's Jewish. He wanted to prove intelligent design. Mm -hmm. And he was interviewing various professors. And he's interviewing Dawkins and Hitchens and others. And he asked, where did life come from? And his answer was that life traveled to the earth on the back of crystals. And then Stein stops the movie and he, he says... I thought this was science, not science fiction. Mm -hmm. Has evolutionists got to the point now that they're relying on science fiction? Yeah. I hear now even the multiverse theory is starting to be used to describe mm -hmm. how things are as they are. are, are have we yes. got to that point yet? Isn't that rather yes. startling that the world's yes. leading evolutionists would say, well, we're now at a, got a new idea? Yeah. yeah, basically what he said, and you'll hear there's some all Darwin. They have no clue how life could have started. The law of biogenesis <laughs> is that life only comes from living matter. In other words, non-life cannot produce life. So they're teaching the Big Bang. We're on our, I think, our fourth Big Bang. They've all been debunked, by the way. People say God mm. could use the Big Bang. Well, not the secular atheist Big Bang. That's trying to explain the universe without God. But they're on our fourth Big Bang. They say next to nothing blew up. And after, of course, billions of years of <laughs> yeah. magic ingredient, a big rock formed, and it rained on the rock for millions of years. And poof, here we are today. Well, there's some problems there. You're sitting there with this wet, sterile rock with no life. They have no way to get life. You yes. can't get life to start from the Lightning hit, hit minerals and turn into proteins, which then combine yeah, we and see turn. lightning create life all the time, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> it's never yeah. been. <laughs> that's, talk about desperado, yeah. right? So yeah. it comes on crystals floating in space. So that's where they, yeah. they go to crystals. That's region. They go to aliens. Huh. They go to maybe a meter brought us here. And, you know, there's so many problems with that. The closest galaxy, uh, a major galaxy, is, is about two and a half million light years away. So people mm -hmm. say, well, well, those spaceships can go really fast. <laughs> well, well, let's say they could go twice, well, 50% the speed of light. It would still take them 5 million years to get here. Wow. Um, and, and space is filled with dust and ice particles. And if that spaceship going half the speed of light hit a dust particle, it would blow up. Yeah. So they've got so many problems. But uh, the truth of the matter is that in the mm -hmm. beginning, God created... The DNA RNA system should have brought any uh, doubt about there being an intelligent God to a screeching halt. And the global flood actually wipes out pretty much every belief out there except for Christianity and Judaism. And if we just accept the flood and stop compromising with millions of years of beliefs, 
That flood actually brings the world down to one question. Is Jesus the promised Messiah, Christianity or Judaism? Well, we have actual Christian spokesmen today who are saying that the worldwide flood was just a regional flood, a mm -hmm. local flood in the Middle East. Oh, yes. What's your response to that? Satan is good at what he does. <laughs> Satan is good. What that does is it puts death before Adam. A Again. lot of these people are honestly misled, but we were warned there would be grievous wolves among the sheep. Uh, we were warned of tares among the wheat, goat among the sheep. And not everyone that believes in millions of years, I used to believe in millions of years, I was, I, I was honestly misled, but I wasn't selling it to other people. But we don't know who the tares are, but I'm telling folks, if they're teaching a different Jesus, we need to correct them on that because we're saved by faith in Jesus Christ and Satan is trying to get us off track. And millions of years is one of his biggest attacks on people's faith in the authority of God's Word. You know, you, uh, some things you said there reminded me of a creation speaker and teacher by the name of Job Martin. I don't know if you know Job mm -hmm. or not, but he, he wrote this best-selling book that has such a... Such the a, Evolutionist of a Creationist. The, the Evolution of, of a, a Creationist. creationist. And yeah. that's such a clever title. Yeah. Uh, he, he said that he was a professor of dental science at Baylor University, mm -hmm. and he was teaching that teeth originated from fish scales. Mm -hmm. And he said... Oh. Um, Two girls in the class came up to him and said, are you an open-minded person? He said, yeah. And they said, we would like to meet with you privately and talk about whether fish scales produce teeth. And they presented him with creationism and challenged him on everything he believed, mm -hmm. and he became a creationist. Isn't that amazing? And it does show that you know, a lot of times we think we can't make any impact, we yeah. can't do anything. But these two girls <laughs> impacted Joe Martin, who wrote a best-selling yeah. book, yeah. and his, his, has impacted millions of That's people. Right. That's mm -hmm. right. So yeah. we, we need to get out there and get in the battle. <laughs> get out there and get in the battle. Yeah, exactly. Well, brother, you're in the battle, and I appreciate yeah. it. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you and your ministry, and I just hope and pray that our people who are watching will go to your website and that they will really investigate it. Now, all the materials, you have videos, you have all kinds of things there, and also your trip through the Grand Canyon, and that's not just for young people, is it? No, no, it's, it's a great trip. We have people from the age of 10 to 90 going okay. on our trips, yeah. Welcome back to Christ and Prophecy and our interview with creation evolution expert Russ Miller. Hey Russ, tell folks how they can get in touch with your ministry. Nathan, the best way to find me is through our website at creationministries.org. Well, uh, Russ, what all is on that website? Uh, Dave, we've got uh, information on our, our Grand Canyon Rim, Rim and Raft, and Grand Staircase tours on my speaking. You've got uh, videos on there, don't you? Lots of videos on the canyon, on all my teachings are on there, our science and Darwinism, Age of the Earth issues, etc. They can see our videos on there. My book, The Cost, is on there, covers the top 10 old earth beliefs, top 10 Darwinian beliefs, top 10 reasons to believe in biblical creation. Do you have a speaking schedule on there by any chance? Our speaking schedule is on there as well under calendar, okay. and people can get a hold of us if they'd like us to share at their church. Well, folks, that's our program for this week. I hope it's been a blessing to you. It sure has been a blessing to me and Nathan. And I hope you'll be back with us next week, the Lord willing. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. If you would like to get a DVD of Dr. Reagan's entire presentation titled, The Beginning and the Ending, you can do so for a gift of $20 or more, and that includes the cost of shipping. 
To order, just call the number you see on the screen Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time, or you can place your order through our website at lamblion.com. The presentation runs one hour in length and is fully illustrated with PowerPoint slides from beginning to end. This is a very important presentation that you need to share with Sunday school classes and home Bible study groups. The message will challenge all viewers to take God's word for its plain sense meaning from the beginning of the Bible to the end. And as such, it will build confidence that the Bible truly is the word of God and is totally reliable in all that it says. And we will include with the video a complimentary copy of our magazine, The Lamplighter featuring a hard-hitting and insightful article by Russ Miller titled, The Top 10 Liberal Church Lies About Creation. Ask for offer number 878. Again, you can place your order through our website at lamblion.com, or you can call our office at the number you see on the screen. If you call, please do so Monday through Friday between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time, and ask for offer number 878. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.